It's the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, live from Methuen Community Studios. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. If you have a take or comment, feel free to call in by dialing 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. Well, you know what time it is, everyone. It's time to break those brooms out because the Boston Celtics have swept swept the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving in the first round of the playoffs 4-0. We last talked about the Celtics game one win and we're heading into game two on Wednesday in which the Celtics were behind the majority of that game and towards the end when it mattered came together and were able to get the win 114 to 107. Then they would go to Brooklyn to play the Nets on Saturday night in which they also won 109 to 103 and to wrap everything up with the commanding 3-0 lead in the series the Celtics went into the Nets building and took them down 116 to 112 last night. A little bit of a dilemma, though. A lot of people going into that game thought the Celtics would have lost that game because the NBA decided to put on the worst referee in NBA history, Scott Foster. However, the Celtics made Scott Foster's record better when teams ahead in the series lose because he was officiating the game. So the Celtics will wait to play the winner of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Chicago Bulls. The Bucks currently lead the series 3-1 to with Game 5 tomorrow night. Other series in the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers are up 3-2 against the Toronto Raptors with Game 6 on Thursday. And then finally wrapping up the the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat are up 3-1 against the Atlanta Hawks and will play Game 5 tonight. Moving over to the west side of the NBA playoffs, the Phoenix Suns are tied with the New Orleans Pelicans at two games with Game 5 tonight. The Dallas Mavericks are up 3-2 against the Utah Jazz with Game 6 Thursday. Then the Golden State Warriors are up 3-1 against the Denver Nuggets with Game 5 coming up tomorrow night. Lastly, the Memphis Grizzlies are all tied up at two games with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So overall, the west definitely has more competitive uh, series than the east does. If the Bucks do wrap things up tomorrow night, Game 1 is most likely going to be Sunday, May 1st, if not Tuesday, May 3rd. Moving on to the next f- uh, future playoff team, the Boston Bruins are wrapping up their week against the Florida Panthers tonight, Thursday against the Sabres, and the Maple Leafs on Friday for the final game. Over the past week, the Bees beat the Blues last Tuesday night in overtime 3-2, then got crushed by the, by the Penguins 4-0 on Thursday. After the bad loss, they got back on the winning train against the New York Rangers Saturday, uh, beating them 3-1, and then beating the Montreal Canadiens as well, 5-3 on Sunday. Uh, definitely a notable uh, notable thing to keep in mind here is that uh, Linus Almark is back in net uh, for the Bruins, and again, a big thing. Especially for me, because I was uh, somebody that was on uh, Jeremy Swayman's side. I like Jeremy Swayman uh, really looking into the future of the Boston Bruins franchise. I thought he was he should have been the one last year um, with everything happening. You know, this year I, I thought he I thought he was uh, and really was uh, for the majority of the time. But then uh, things kind of just started to go downhill all of a sudden as we reached the final stretch uh, the last month or two of the season. And so now I'd say who, you know, if you were to ask me who would I want uh, in goal for the Bruins, and I'd say it should be Linus Elmark. 
So um, we'll have to see how that how that story progresses. A lot of the injuries uh, with the Boston Bruins, uh, guys should be coming back. Uh, Brad Marchand, he's got to probably step it up. He he has I think ten or eleven games uh, without scoring now, so he has to you know snap out of whatever the heck he's in and and really uh, focus down on the ground as we head into the playoffs next week. Needless to say, it's going to be an exciting spring for Boston fans with the Celtics moving into the second round of the NBA playoffs and the Boston Bruins wrapping up their final week of the regular season before heading into the playoffs next week. Another thing uh, making things relatively exciting this week is the NFL draft starting on Thursday night. Something everybody should be excited about are the Patriots traded their fifth round pick to the Houston Texans. Wait a second. For the sixth and seventh round picks. Oh, wow. Try not to fall off your chairs. I know that's extremely exciting for all of you uh, Patriots fans out there. Oh, my. Talk about pathetic. Talk about pathetic. I mean, are you surprised? I'm not. If you can't tell, I started the show real positive, and I am slowly just trickling downhill. Well, I'm going to warn all of you, get ready for a big drop. What in the world is happening with the Boston Red Sox? They're just pathetic. I predicted on uh, Methuen Community Studios' uh, Red Sox monthly show in the beginning of April before the season started that the Red Sox would lose 60% of their games this month, and it's looking more and more true as the month goes on. They are currently 7-10 and and are in second-to-last place in the American League. Just absolutely pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Going into this month, the Red Sox only had seven out of their 22 games home. So 15 games were away. So automatically, not good. And then they have this series that started yesterday against the Toronto Blue Jays, where they're short Tanner Huck and uh, Cutter... uh, Crawford because both are unvaccinated against COVID-19 in which it is mandatory in Canada. And now wait for it. The um, More news revolving around the Red Sox and COVID-19. Manager Alex Cora has been out the past almost week since last Wednesday when he tested positive for COVID-19 and has yet been back with the team yet. So just not a good situation for the Red Sox. One, they're they're seven and ten. Okay, that's one. Two, they're dealing with COVID issues. Got to the the skipper. It's just 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 not good. Just not good. Moving into some golf news uh, today is the uh, Saudi Back League uh, that is called the LIV Golf Invitational Series 2022 has released its schedule for the upcoming year with eight events scheduled. The first event will be played in London at the Centurion Golf Club June 9th to June 11th. The second will be at the Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club in Portland from July 1st to 3rd. The third will be played at former President Donald J. Trump's golf course, Trump National Golf Club, uh, Bedminster in New Jersey from July 29th to the 31st. Uh, 
The fourth tournament will be played right here in Massachusetts at the International Golf Club in Bolton, Massachusetts. The fifth tournament will be at Rich Harvest Farms in Chicago from September 16th to the 18th. The sixth tournament will be at Stonehill Golf Club in Bangkok from October uh, 7th to 9th. The seventh tournament will be played at Royal Greens Golf Club, uh, Jada, from October in Jada, sorry, uh, from October uh, 14th to the 16th. And lastly, the eighth and final tournament uh, will be the team championship, which is not released uh, by the Saudi back league of where it is going to be played. Uh, but speculation is that it will be played um, at uh, another one of uh, former President Trump's golf courses, uh, Doral, in Miami. So you have that. Um, and as I reported a while ago, a few months ago, when all of the Saudi back league stuff came out, I said to look for Trump to host many of the tournaments since he was pulled from this year's PGA Championship that was supposed to be at Trump International Ben Minister in New Jersey. So interesting to see how all that will fold out. Speaking of the PGA Championship, it will be coming up in a little less than a month on May 19th. Phil Mickelson, who has been taking a break from golf in the public eye, has applied to play in the PGA Championship, U.S. Open, and the first Saudi back league event in London. Tiger Woods has also applied to play in the upcoming PGA Championship and has already committed to the Open Championship in mid-July at St. Andrews. So in between that will be the U.S. Open at the Country Club in Brookline, Mass., in which he has not commented on. However, I personally would not expect him to play in that because of how hard of a course that could set up uh, to be if he doesn't hit his targets that week. I got the chance uh, to play the course uh, last June Basically, just around the time that it would be that the U.S. Open would be happening, so the USGA had the course playing very similarly to how it's going to play this year because they wanted to see how it would be reacting. And the one thing that I'm going to say is, you have to keep the ball in the fairway. If you put it in the rough, you are in trouble. That rough is long; it's tough to get out of, and it's. It's just tough. You, if The person that wins the U.S. Open this year will be the person that keeps the ball in the fairway the most because the rough is just, there is just no getting out of it. And getting back into Tiger with his leg and his back, I wouldn't want to see him in the rough trying to huck it out and possibly hurt himself bad. So that's just something that, um, you know, I'm keeping, uh, you know, track of just keeping in the in the open. However, the PGA Championship is being played at Southern Hills, which you know I looked up online, saw some photos of it. Seems pretty straightforward, pretty flat, uh, and you know, same as St Andrews, which you know will be a basic uh, course for him, and which he already knows very well. So, as far as those two tournaments, that Tiger seems that he'll be, you know, he's committed to the Open. Seems like he's going to be playing in the PGA. I would say, you know, those are pretty straightforward courses. Courses easier that I'll say um, than Augusta National that he played. You know, Augusta National, the t- television doesn't give it justice of how um, terrainous it is and hilly it is. Uh, so just some things to, to keep in mind uh, when you see Tiger picking and choosing, you know, what courses he's going to play uh, in the future with the recent injuries uh, that he has succumbed. All right, that's going to do it for my uh, opening comments. So I'll open up the phone lines, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877.
Let me hit on the uh, on the Celtics uh, where we started. Basically, obviously huge for them uh, to come out and, and sweep the Nets uh, after last year. The Nets doing a gentleman sweep uh, on the Celtics, beating them five to one. And of course, when they beat them, uh, Kyrie Irving decided to go ahead and step uh, on uh, the lucky mascot at center court of. Uh, of the TD Garden, which uh, didn't go over well, and then a fan threw a water bottle at him, and of course, well, the whole situation of him stomping on Lucky was overlooked. But the whole series, man, let me tell you, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant are just the biggest crybabies I think I have ever experienced in the game of sports. I mean, they might be worse than LeBron, man. I mean, it was just terrible I couldn't stand couldn't stand listening so I'm glad we got them over with and in fact uh actually we 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 did hit on that but you know going back to game one Kyrie was you know um flipping the bird multiple times to the fans he was doing this like crybaby face stuff and the cursing was horrendous. You know, the things that he was saying, I can't even say over here because they're so bad. And it's just very unprofessional. He was fined 50K for it. I personally thought, you know, I, I went on this rant last week. I think if these, you know, if these leagues want to have control of the league, then they need to suspend the players for a game or two. Go ahead and, and you know, you know, find them fifty thousand dollars or more, however much you want. It's not going to make a difference. It's not. However, it did actually make a difference in Kyrie's take uh, case. Kyrie, you know, did make a gesture in Game Two, saying that it's you know too much money when fans were kind of egging him on to try and get him to um, <clears throat> flip them the bird or or go off or whatever you want to call it. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, but even better that we were able to go into uh, into Brooklyn there and. Take them down, uh, and so obviously, obviously, good, good for the Celtics. They look really good, um, and I look forward to the rest of the playoffs. Uh, it should be, you know, it should be very exciting. A very exciting time, um, you know. Just, um, you know, di- uh, you know, going over um, the bracket of of the um, of the playoffs. Um, so. Just on the Eastern Conference side, you have uh, Miami and Atlanta. So Miami has uh, a 3-1 lead. However, uh, I just got a report uh, from The Athletic that uh, Jimmy Butler is going to be ruled out for Game 5, uh, saying that he's dealing with right knee inflammation. Uh, Kyle Lowry is also out Tuesday with a hamstring injury. So I guess the biggest thing for me is that this— this game, this game five uh, for Miami at Miami is not a lock by any means. So it'll be interesting to see if Atlanta can can, can win this one and uh, take advantage of, of Miami, um, you know, short staff, if you will. And then you have uh, the the Raptors and the 76ers. And so they're going into game six. And so what's interesting is is that I believe Philadelphia is without at least one player due to COVID protocols, with that being held in um, in Toronto. So that's something to look pay attention to. That game's going to be happening on Thursday. So in Toronto. So I'm not saying that that game's going to be a lock uh, for the 76ers by any means, as the 76ers have the three-two lead. 
And then happening tomorrow night is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Chicago Bulls. Milwaukee leads 3-1. And if I had to guess, Milwaukee's going to take that and, and win the series in five, and uh, which will line up to who we, we will play because we play the winner of uh, the Bucks and, uh, the, and the Bulls. So I think we automatically have the Bucks. You know, a lot of people, and, and so this goes back to the strategy coming down to the final games of the season. The Bucks blew the game against against the Celtics. And that's the difference between home court. So do you want to be playing home court at the TD Garden for game 7? Yeah, I don't think so. I give the edge to uh to the Celtics all day. So interesting to interesting to see um you know how that how that's going to lay out, but I definitely think that, you know, the Bucks wrap that up. Uh, and then, you know, then just just moving on, just thinking of it, you know, I'd say it's going to be Boston and Milwaukee, and then it's going to be um, Boston and Milwaukee, and then it'll be Miami versus the 76ers, and then I think it's just going to come down and be the be Miami versus the Celtics, and I think the Celtics win. So, uh, and then if you want to go over to the uh, other side of things, and before I do that, I'm going to go to uh, Bill from the car. Bill, what's going on? Harrison, I figured I'd call you on the early side tonight, today. Sure, mix it up. Yeah. No, just calling in um, just to say how impressed I was with with the Celtics. Um, to sweep them, I was nervous when they, when they drew them out of the gate. Um, I thought that was I, I actually didn't think we were going to beat them, to be honest with you. Um, in game in I game will, one or at all? No, in in general, I thought we weren't going to win that series. Okay. Into it. Gotcha. Um, but I I got to give the, all the credit to the Celtics. I mean, they uh, I, I thought they actually peaked too early, but they're playing some really good basketball. They're fun to and watch. And by the way, we didn't even have Rob Williams. Rob Williams came back no. last night, and he looked pretty good for coming off of I think three weeks. Yeah, no, his he was actually four weeks. Four was, weeks this Wednesday. His vertical jump looked great. He was very active on the boards, um, but you know the chemistry, Tatum's defense too. Um, I thought the plan against um, Durant was a great plan. They they mixed up a lot of different guys on him. They they confused them, um, and you know it was just a great game plan by the coaching staff and great execution by the players. Um, what do you think? Do you think they can, they can go the, the whole way or I do. What do you think about their chances against Milwaukee potentially in the next series? I really, I really, I really think that we have it. Um, and I'll tell you why. And it can just come down to the fact that, you know, it goes back to, as I was just saying, um, <clears throat> The you know towards the end of the season, uh, we played the Bucks in the last week of the season, and the Bucks purposely lost the game, and so that game was for home court advantage in the playoffs. So we won that. So I don't know. Do you want to be playing a game seven in Boston against Jason Tatum, who is arguably, I'd say the almost the best player in basketball right now Jalen Brown Marcus Smart Rob Williams probably will be back fully then Daniel Tice Al Horford Peyton Pritchard 
I don't know, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you got to give props to Danny Ainge. That he basically picked this team. Um, Brad Stevens at the trade deadline picked up, uh, got Tice back. Yeah. Um, that was a great move. And he picked up uh, White, which was another really good move. He he seems like he's a he's a nice fit with the team. Um, playing playing some good defense. I mean, it's just they've been fun to watch, and you know um, those were four great games. They they were really good games, and you know, like I was saying last week, you know the Celtics typically lose those games down the stretch, or they were losing those games down the stretch. So that's a big that's a thing that I've seen them you know come back from their earlier season form, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, something I was mentioning uh, last week was that I think it just makes a difference um, how this, it shows how this team has evolved, has evolved. And it goes back to, I'll say it again, it goes back to game one. Um, Or maybe not. I think this was game two uh, when the, when, you know, uh, the Celtics won at the buzzer. you know, with Marcus Smart faking the three, and actually, no, it wasn't that. So it was, it was game one. If if Marcus, yeah. if if we were the old Celtics, Marcus Smart would would try to be the hero and win that game by taking the three. Right. I think because this it shows how much that this team has evolved. That Marcus Smart faked the three, passed it to Tatum, and Tatum made the bucket. It shows that we're finally starting to play as a team, and I'm excited. I'm excited. It's what we needed. No doubt about it. Agreed. I didn't see it coming. I'm glad, though, that it's here, and let's ride the wave. Absolutely. You know, let's, you know I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not into the Red Sox this year yet. So Yeah, the Red Sox the aren't doing too well. Yeah, Red Sox aren't doing too well right now. And let's watch Bill Belichick pick up another offensive lineman uh, on, uh, on Thursday this week. Yeah, at least one. In fact, we right, might. In fact, in fact, you know, we might not even see him on uh, on on Thursday. Pick anybody up because I'm sure he'll uh, he'll trade away his twenty whatever twentieth uh, whatever pick that he has. That that could be a possibility as well. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised. Absolutely. Okay, Harrison. All right. Thanks for calling in, Bill. Good, good talking to you. See you. All right, so there's uh, Bill from the car with you. Some takes on the uh, Celtics and the Nets uh, series. Uh, so anyways, uh, 20 minutes, uh, a little past 20 minutes through the show, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. You can call in. We can talk the Celtics, can talk NFL draft, can talk Bruins, um, Red Sox, even though the Red Sox stink right now. Maybe tell me what you think the Red Sox have to do to try and be a, a better team. Um, so anyways, 978-301-6877. Um, moving on, um, you know, just to the Red Sox and talking about the Red Sox, they're just, they're just not, they're just not in good shape. And so it's just very, um, it's very concerning uh, where they are at, um, you know, with, with things because they're just, I mean, pathetic, just pathetic. Um, and so, you know, tra- you know, one of the biggest pickups that that everybody was getting excited about was Trevor Story, and so 
now all of a sudden he's having issues uh, with throws from, um, you know, second base. So it's just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, you know, the Red Sox uh, are tied for uh, second for most errors at sec- at the second base position. And uh, Trevor Story ranks 18th out of 26th in the offensive uh, swing of things. Let me go to Matt in Rhode Island. Matt, what's going on? Hey, Harrison. How are we doing today? Good. Uh, big series sweep last night. Um, big series you know, sweep I, last I, night. You know, I, I know, I don't, no one predicted this, but um, it's, it really seems like it's crazy how they go from saying, beginning of the series that we're going to lose the uh, mainstream media, I say, I should say. Yep. And now they're saying we're the favorites to win the NBA title. I just, I just think it's funny how that all shapes out. Yeah. I think they probably wanted to see, you know, how we would, you know, pair up against, against the Nets and, you know, showing that we swept the Nets is pretty positive. You know, it's, you know, does it, yeah. sh- you know, I think it shows how bad the Nets are and how good, good the Celtics are. Yeah, no, I, I definitely do think that's the case. And, uh, I also just think that they love the the stars with Kyrie and Kevin Durant over there. We just haven't had enough respect in our names, um, like we've been saying all along, ever since they changed at the All-Star break. Um, we kind of – or not the All-Star break, but in the middle of January when we uh, turned that corner. Um, never looked back since. Um, we uh, we finally seem like we got some respect here. But I'm uh, looking forward to this Milwaukee series. I'm uh, cautiously optimistic, but I think it's going to be the toughest test um, we're going to have this playoffs. I'm uh, really nervous that Giannis and if Chris Middleton comes back, I think they're going to cause some serious, serious issues for us. Yeah, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I'd compare, I mean, would you say it's fair to compare Giannis to Kevin Durant? I mean, yeah, I, I guess so, but I just think Giannis is such a com- different player. I mean, yeah. I think he's so long and lanky where he's, where Kevin Durant will just kind of shoot over you, where, where Giannis will just kind of wear you down and take you in the post and you just live in the post. So but I'll say this. I'm glad I'm glad we played the Nets the first round and are going to play the Bucks the second round because I think Kevin Durant was a good warm-up to how to defend Giannis. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. I, I think I think it was good enough. To, I think it was good to play the Nets first round just because of the star power they have. Yeah. I think if we played like the not to knock on the Raptors or Bulls, but if we played one of those teams, it kind of just be a breeze walk in the first round. Right. Whereas we played the Nets, we get we got to come out right away, right? Be focused without taking any steps back. Um, so I do think from that perspective, it was good. Um, I am a little nervous about this layoff too, because I don't know how long it's going to be. I think they said it's going to be Sunday or Monday, Game One, um, which could be a little problematic, I think, in my eyes. But it'll be good for Rob Williams, though. I think so. Uh, something to think about, um, and I have to give give the credit to uh, to my man Jimmy Stu on ninety eight five on this one. Uh, we were talking yesterday, and he says it's either going to be May 1st or May 3rd. Uh, and that's just because the Celtics already have the arena for those nights. So May 1st would have been Game 7 of Round 1. And May okay. 3rd probably would have been when the second round would be starting. So that's why we're th- I'm thinking May 3rd. I like his, I like his strategy of things, uh, if you will. Yeah, uh, I definitely... I don't know. We'll see what happens. The layoff's going to be good for rest, but honestly, do we really even need rest? 
I'd say yes. I think a lot of people are underestimating, I'd say, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's injuries because they're not 100%. They're not 100%, and so I think that this this break is actually very beneficial for them. It's very beneficial, I think, for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to obviously heal their ongoing injuries that they're playing through, and especially for Robert Williams to be able to get closer and closer to 100%. I mean, he looked pretty good last night for uh, almost four weeks off of a um, a meniscus surgery. Yeah, and like you said, I don't think anybody really is 100% this time of year, right? Um, I think everyone's got nagging injuries that um, that can go whether noticed or unnoticed. But um, that is a good point there. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I think I think Milwaukee's definitely going to be the biggest test. I think I honestly think playing Milwaukee's going to be harder than playing Miami. Um, and, if we and, do make it to the. And how about if so? I'll take it one step forward. If say we move past both those teams and we're in the finals. Yeah. Would you say playing the Bucs is the championship? Like, would you say if we get past the Bucs, we can get past anybody, including whoever is in there for the Western Conference? In my opinion, yes. Um, I know that people are going to disagree with that and say, no, it's going to be Phoenix or Golden State. Um, and and that's, a, that's a deservedly so opinion. I think that you could easily make the case that Golden State or Phoenix could be harder than Milwaukee. But I just think Milwaukee's a defending champ. They know what it is, to, what it takes to win now with Giannis. Um, I know that Chris Middleton's out, but if he does come back for the series with this long layoff that they have, um, I just think they're, they're, they're really hard to beat. Um, they have so many good players. They're tough on defense. They, they like I said, know what it takes to win. Um, and, and, and not that Golden State and Phoenix don't, but um, I, I just think that Milwaukee has that experience, and Giannis is just on another level right now. He can make the case he's going to win in his third MVP. Um, so I, I just think this is going to be the toughest test for him. And I'm not – I'm not saying that they're not going to win it because I do think we're going to beat them in there, but I, I, I just think it's going to be the toughest test. I don't know if you have the same opinion. No, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely towards your um, uh, uh, mentality. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, however, I, I don't, I don't think I'm as nervous as you are about the Bucks. I think the Bucks might be yeah. easier than what you're putting them up to be. Yeah, and I, I think if they don't have Chris Middleton, then absolutely, I'm not, I'm not as concerned. So I, I'd say this. Chris, I think they're going to have Chris Middleton at some point in the series. But again, yeah. like with all these players, right, like Ben Simmons, uh, Robert Williams, Chris Middleton, yeah. everybody's getting all worked up that, oh, my God, they can they, you know they can come back and they can play in the playoffs. Okay, yeah. they're not going to be 100%. They're going to be on time limits. Yeah. They're not going to be able to. I mean, yeah. you saw what happened, and I'm not saying it has any. I'm not. I'm not going to say this has to do with one thing or the other. But Ben Simmons came back to play a game, and he didn't play in the next game. Whether that's because yeah. of injury, whether that's because of something else, I'm not going to say. But I'm just bringing that up, okay? So you know, Robert yeah. Williams, if we had a game five on Wednesday night, I don't know. Is Rob Williams playing? I don't know. So. You know, yeah. that's where I think the rest comes in handy. And I think, you know, even all these, you know, bringing back, you know, a lot of people wanted to bring back Rob Williams right away. And it wasn't that bad of an idea because you just put him on time time limits. So, you know, five minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20, 25. And you just work his way up until he's back almost towards 100%. So, 
you know, I think, listen, I think this week is going to be very beneficial uh, for the Celtics. And I really like their chances, Matt. I really like their chances. No, uh, I do too. I think I think we're going to win the series, um, assuming we play the Bucks, which we're probably going to. Um, I, I do think that you make a good point there with the um, with the rest for Rob Williams, and I'll go a step further in saying we'll even have a minutes restriction after this week of rest. Probably um, won't. We'll, we'll, I mean, if he's yeah, his we'll, minutes restriction was twenty four minutes in game one, yeah. the first game that he came back. I mean, right. I. I personally thought that was probably a little high, but yeah, you know, I would have maybe liked to see twelve minutes. You know, have him play a yeah. quarter of the game, but and the fact and the fact he didn't even play the twenty-four minutes. He played fifteen of those twenty-four minutes, and he said he felt absolutely fantastic. Right. So uh, I I just think um, that's a good point with the rest, and uh, we'll see what happens with Middleton. That whole Simmons situation is bonkers, but we won't get into that. Um, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. So that, that that injury is very tricky with Middleton with the MCL sprain. Those can be uh, a tricky thing to come back from. Um, you've alluded to it too. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, we we've had our um, our success and we've had our troubles against Milwaukee in the playoffs. And I, I do think that they basically have the same team um, than when we played them, whatever that was, two years ago or three years ago now, even. Um, but. Um, their role players are playing well right now. Grayson Allen went like five for six from three the other day and at 27 points. Like, how often is that going to happen? Uh, I'll put money on that it's not going to happen four out of the seven times in a series for the uh, Bucks to win in uh, game in seven games. Yeah. Um, so, so, so we'll see what happens. I, I do have confidence in the Celtics. I think they're going to win, but I just think it's going to be a test for them. And, and that's not to say that the Nets weren't a test for them either because they clearly were with two of the best players in the world. Um, so – they haven't doubted. They haven't proved us wrong, or they haven't. I, I should say they haven't uh, disappointed us since um, early January. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm um, I'm optimistic and I'm excited for. Uh, cause we, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Um, I think we've been waiting for Tatum to finally emerge himself into that superstar conversation, which he has this year, and uh, Jalen Brown to finally coexist with, or I should say they both coexist with each other. Um, and finally play as a team with Marcus Smart being a true point guard. Um, so all, all those green teamers out there are finally getting their wish. And um, I, I think it's a beautiful thing to see now they're actually playing team basketball, with, uh, which I think should be the coach of the year with Udoka. And, you know, you, you talk about coaches, and I just want to bring up um, the coach that I have on right now, Coach Matt Downer of the uh, Bryant, uh, <laughs> Bryant Club basketball team. Uh, tell me about your experience going down. Was it to, like, the national championship, national, you know, whatever it was uh, down there yeah. in Pennsylvania? Yeah, so uh, we were in the national championship tournament, which is an eight-team tournament. So you got to think of it like the Elite Eight um, when we were down there. We won our regional tournament to make it to the Elite Eight. Um, so me and the uh, my team went down there, and our other coach we had – uh, Haley Connors, she's a great coach as well. Um, she kind of puts it all together. I'm just there uh, as her assistant to uh, help her out. We were, well, we were a great team together. Um, but anyway, we went down there to Erie, Pennsylvania for the national championship tournament, eight teams. Uh, we were the five seed playing the four seed, uh, Towson in the first round. Um, and we won in triple overtime, uh, nice. 113-108. Uh, our guy uh, – our best player, John Shannon, at 35 points and two buzzer beater threes to send it to overtime and then triple overtime. So it was a 
I could say it was probably one of the most exciting games and craziest games I've ever been a part of. It took a couple of years off my life, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was one of the most it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. We ended up losing to uh, Purdue in the Final Four. We ended up winning the whole thing, but uh, we easily could have beat them. Uh, we just didn't make shots and ran out of gas down the stretch. But uh, yeah, it's definitely such a fun thing to be a part of. You know, uh, my family comes from the coaching tree. My mom being a coach at Central for 25 years, so it was kind of fun being in uh, her shoes, if you will, for a season being a coach with those guys and uh it was really fun uh so bright basketball bright basketball has been on the up lately whether it be the d1 team or the club team so it was, uh, there definitely you go. An experience for me and i understand you started this club matt i did yeah i was the uh or i am the president of the club i'll be passing out obviously when i graduate but uh me and one of my other classmates started this club when I was a freshman uh, here at Bryant. And uh, we were a recreation club, just playing informally, pickup games for three years. And then uh, this past summer, going into my senior year, we got the okay from our administration to become a club sport, to play other teams, join a league, stuff like that. Uh, so it all came, all came along pretty fast. And uh, put a team together, got our coaching staff together, and uh, made it to the Final Four nationally in our first year. So, uh it was pretty cool, for the sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, definitely so fun being with playing with all the guys, coaching all the guys. Um, wouldn't trade it for the world. Sounds sounds silly, but uh, it's true. No, absolutely. Well, congratulations uh, on that part. And 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 anything else you wanna you wanna hit on? I know I kind of cut you off there with the NBA thing, but I thought it was a good little time I could uh, transition into uh, your weekend, obviously. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, it was a long weekend. I uh, just got back uh, Sunday night. Uh, still trying to get into the swing of school again. But, uh, no, I appreciate you hitting on that. That was uh, really cool for me and all the guys we had. Uh, so it was, uh, it was cool. But uh, I appreciate you taking my call as always. Uh, good talk as always. And uh, look forward to next week's show. Absolutely. All right. Good talking to you, Matt. All right. Thank you. All right, so there's uh, Matt from uh, Rhode Island for you, hitting on, uh, obviously, a lot of the Celtics, the series, and the series moving forward, most likely uh, being against the Milwaukee Bucks. About 20 minutes left here on the show, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. I want to do, I do want to touch a little bit uh, on the Bruins here. Uh, like I said uh, in the beginning, they're they're heading into their final uh, week of, of games, their final week of the season uh, before they you know the, they start the playoffs. I believe the playoffs are going to start up probably next week sometime. Uh, and you know, just moving forward, they have the Panthers, the best team in hockey right now. Uh, so they play them tonight, and then they'll play the uh, Sabers on Thursday and the Maple Leafs on Friday. As far as uh, the standings look. We play, actually, it's funny, we play uh, the one and two spots uh, this week. So the Panthers, obviously, tonight, and then the Maple Leafs to wrap up the season. Um, And so, again, it doesn't go on record. uh, It doesn't go based off your record. It goes off of a point system uh, in the NHL. So for the Panthers, they have 120 points. Maple Leafs have 111. The Lightning have 106, and then the Bruins have 103. So it'll be interesting to see if... Possibly the Lightning, I don't know if you call it, if they'll choke um, heading into this final stretch of games. Something interesting to look at is they have a two-game series. 
They play the Blue Jackets tonight, Blue Jackets Thursday night, and then they play the Islanders on Friday to wrap up their season. They also just beat the Panthers 8-4 to on Sunday. So that's another thing that is kind of interesting to, uh, you know, depending how much you want to read into that, if you will. So anyways, interesting stuff as far as that is concerned. And like I said, it'll be interesting to see if the Bruins can catch, maybe get that third place. And same situation that we were in with the Celtics. If they can get that third place, do you want that third place? Or would you rather stay, uh, you know, in the in the fourth spot? So uh, all about strategy and all about, you know, what you want to do. Where do you think, um, you know, what's going to lead you to success? What's the best uh, success that can that can bring you uh, you know, as far as all that is, um, as far as all that is, uh, concerned, um, more, but more on, on the Celtics again, something I mentioned, I think, uh, we have to go with, uh, Linus Elmark. I think they have to go with Linus Elmark, um, just because it doesn't seem like Jeremy Swayman is, is, doesn't seem like he has his head in the game, if you will. Um, you know, the past, month or two or so, this final stretch down the final stretch of the season, he just hasn't looked as good. So, I don't know, a little concerning, uh, especially how good he played in the beginning of the season, in the first half of the season, if you will, I'll even say, you know, first three quarters of the season. I mean, he really had a pretty good season all around. And last year, I thought he played pretty well when he played as well. So, I always wanted Jeremy to be the, you know, the, that lead goalie. I thought he was he'd be good for the future of the team, future of the franchise. He's young, can keep him for a while, sign him to a long-term deal. And I don't know. Now I'm kind of like second guessing myself because he's just not um, doing as well. Um good news as far as the uh, injury report goes, David Pasternak and Hampus Lindholm uh, will be back in the lineup tonight for the Bruins. So that's obviously uh, very good news. Um, you know, good good news for the Bruins to get those two players back for the final three games to get them kind of amped up and you know hopefully back as close to a hundred percent as they can uh, heading in uh, to the playoffs happening next week. As far as golf goes, I'll hit on that uh, you know one more time. Uh, obviously going to have the PGA Championship coming up uh, on May 19th. A lot of news coming out uh, just uh, in the past day or two that Phil Mickelson, who has been out of golf and MIA, if you will, uh, and taking a break from golf, as he said, he will be he applied to play in the PGA Championship U.S. Open in the first round, uh, or not the first round, but the first tournament of the Saudi Back League event in London. Um which obviously that the Saudi Back League is called the LIV Golf Invitational Series 2022. Um, so interesting stuff. Interesting little little point here is that they're coming uh, here to Boston, um, and they're going to be playing the International Golf Club in both in Massachusetts. In which, um, in which, in which should be interesting. I played there a while back. I forget how hard. I know it was a hard course. It's just tough to determine, you know, how hard is it for these guys? You know, I hope I've said it before on the show. I hate when these players rip it up and it's like 25 under, 30 under par. I want to see, you know, even par, plus one, plus two, you know, minus three, stuff like that. That stuff's exciting for me to watch. I don't want to watch, 
these players rip it up. I want to see these players struggle, and I want to see these players have to play, you know, recovery golf almost to try and win the tournament. I think it makes it just more exciting golf. Um, something I have not uh, mentioned yet, though, uh, regarding the Phil Mickelson uh, situation is that there's a lot of speculation that he was suspended um, from the PGA Tour and suspended from golf itself. And, you know, you might say, well, you know, the U.S., uh, the you know, the Masters is its own thing and all that. And, well, you know, the commissioner of, of the PGA Tour, Jay Moynihan, he has his connections, of course, around golf and, you know, at Augusta National. And it could have really been just said that, you know, uh, people of higher power at Augusta National just said, you know, lay off. Layoff, Phil. So, speculation is that Phil Mickelson was suspended uh, from from the PGA Tour and golf itself, and that now that we see him applying uh, to play in the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, and then that first uh, Saudi back league event in London uh, in June, I think it shows that he's probably back back into things. Uh, Roger in Salem, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Good, you. I'm going to start off with a question. Okay, shoot. Because I was away and didn't see really any Celtics games, uh, well, let's say February and March. Okay. What was it that set them apart and started having them play so well? What was it? What do you think it was? Easy answer. Them coming together and playing as a team. Up until the All-Star break, um, they have not been playing they had not played as a team in right. this in this whole era okay this whole era if you will uh I everybody remember that yes. everybody Definitely. every everybody wanted to be there you know everybody wanted to be the hero whether it was jason tatum jalen yeah. brown or marcus smart and i think the biggest one was marcus smart to be quite honest with you uh, he just he always wanted to be the player that would you know, with five seconds left on the shot clock, go down the court, shoot the three, win the game, and the crowd goes nuts, and he's the hero. He needed to realize that he was not that guy. And I've been saying it for the whole show, the whole year. You're not that guy, Marcus Smart. You're not that guy. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, things clicked, and, and they started playing as a team. Um, they started passing the ball. A lot, a lot more passing of the ball was happening, is happening now. And, you know, like I say, I think the biggest, and the one thing that you can tell um, is the difference between the team now and the team, say, back in the beginning of January, end of December, is that at the end of game one, a few seconds left on the shot clock, Marcus Smart had the chance right. to be the hero and right. take the three-pointer and, and win the game for the Celtics. He didn't. He faked the right. shot, passed it to Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum made the shot, and Jason Tatum was the hero. But really, they have to split that 50-50 because if Marcus Smart didn't pass him that ball, we wouldn't have won. So, or most likely wouldn't won. So the, I think if you want to ask me one specific thing that, you know, one big difference, go back and watch that play. That's the difference right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So do you think it's the coaching that did uh, and 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 putting uh, smart as a starting point guard 
I understand that was one of the moves that he made, uh, well, back in January, I guess. So the coaching of Udoka and and him deciding to put Smart as the starting uh, point guard was was the difference in 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 his uh, mentality. Yeah, I think a def, a def, definitely a lot of credit has to go to uh, Ime Udoka, the head coach. Right. Uh, and right. also, there was also this speculation going around that Brad Stevens, you know, maybe came down to the locker room or whatever it was, had a player meeting, um, you know, back in, um, back around, I'd say, you know, whatever, um, um, December, end of December, maybe, and basically said, hey, if you guys don't figure things out, I'm going to blow it all up. I'm going to trade you all over the place, and I'm going to be the coach again. <laughs> so I well, I think that possible whatever it was, whatever it, was, was it worked. Like, whatever it was, it like worked. Said, you know, I started reading about the Celtics, obviously, and seeing forty point wins and this, that, and, and they're blowing people off the court. And I'm saying, what the heck happened to them? Because, like I said, I hadn't seen any games on TV, so you know, all you can do is kind of read about them. But, um, but okay. I just wanted to take, give, have you give me your take on it. Yeah, that's that's my take on it, is that they're simply just playing as a team now. Okay, meanwhile, what do you think about the Sox chances tonight? <laughs> Sox, uh, listen, the, 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 in my opinion, the Sox are terrible. So, oh, I, yeah. I have no confidence in the Red Sox whatsoever. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. I, I really, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I realize Devers is out tonight. He's not playing. Yeah, so I didn't even know that. I, I don't even follow them. I don't even follow them. They're well, so boring. Right. Well, you know, they're so boring. It's like, why would I want to watch a game? Why would I want to sit down and waste three and a half hours to four hours of my life watching the Red Sox lose? Okay. <laughs> why would I want to go to Fenway Park and spend a lot of money oh, on a ticket, on, on drinks, on food yeah. for... The Red Sox to lose, to be bored. You well, know why would I? You're not going to get an argument from me. So all right, I will. I will put them on tonight, and if they do anything beyond the first inning, when they get you know a couple of games, they did what two, two, three, four hits, got two runs uh, in each of those games, and then the offense went to sleep, and and you know the, the turn it over to the uh, to the bullpen, which also fell asleep, and and you know. So I, I will start watching them tonight, but like you said, why should I waste my time if it starts going south? That's it. The FBI is on tonight. There you go. And and listen, a lot of uh, a lot of basketball games are, are, are on as well, so you can watch the NBA right. in the playoffs, which is always exciting. That's for sure. And the Bruins All are right, on too. The Bruins to... are playing the best team in the NHL right now. Oh, that's right. Is that All right. tonight? That's tonight. They're playing the Panthers. Yeah. Playing the Panthers. All right, so I've got something to switch to. There you go. All right, my friend. All right, thank you. Good to talk to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, go ahead. Hello? All right. Don't know who that was, but you can call back 978-301-687. Going in and out. Don't know. 978-301-6877. Have about nine minutes left here uh, on the show for you to call in uh, with a take uh, about whatever's going on. 
Uh, go ahead. Hey, it's Mark here from Able. First time, long time. I got a question. Hey, what's going on? The... Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. Do you see the Pats making a deal at all for a QB? Maybe Baker Mayfield. He's on the market. Uh, just curious your thoughts. I'll hang up on this. All right. Thanks for calling in. Uh, no, I absolutely do not. I think they are satisfied uh, with with Mac Jones. I think. I think the uh, I think the the Patriots are just going to focus on probably uh, linemen, uh, etc. Trying to uh, trying to call in and, or trying to call in um, g- getting the linemen, and I don't expect them to do anything early on in the draft either. I expect them to trade away probably uh, the majority of their uh, of their picks because uh, I just don't have any I don't have any confidence uh, in them uh, whatsoever. So. Uh, you know, we'll have to see, you know, what, what happens, you know, as far as, you know, they're concerned, uh, you know, uh, moving on. Um, so it should be it should be interesting. I don't think it's going to be an interesting draft. I don't. I just um, I just think it's going to be boring. There's not really anything. I wouldn't say there's any, like, big news, right? Um, you know, you can go back to Robert Kraft's statements uh, back at the— um, the the team meetings or what whatever it was the manager or coaches meetings and and whatever that was and him basically kind of throwing some pressure there on uh, Bill Belichick and I'm paraphrasing basically saying that you know they're hoping to um, you know he's hoping that as a fan he's very disappointed that you know they haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last I think three or four years and you know he's really hoping that they can figure stuff out this year and and he believes that to be able to grow a team um they have to be able to uh play um that they have to be able to, to to draft well so that puts a lot of pressure on Belichick and I personally just don't think Belichick's going to do anything I don't think Belichick is going to have a draft uh that he did like last year probably ever again in his career um you know what what could be interesting is that if if Kraft puts some type of a, um, you know, kind of like a, hey, Bill, if you don't figure stuff out, you're going to be fired. I'm taking this spot away from you. And so that might be interesting, something to pay attention for, because it definitely might happen. Definitely might happen. Um, because it's, you know, Robert Kraft is all about the fans, keeping the fans happy, etc. And... It just seems like he's. Uh, it just seems like he's. He's very disappointed with Belichick and the team the last few years. So, again, I think. I I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect. Back to your question. I wouldn't expect um, the Patriots to try and pick up Baker Mayfield. I think that would probably, obviously, bring uh, Mac Jones down and and his confidence and stuff like that. And so, obviously, this is going to be a big year for Mac Jones. You know, they say the second year coming off of your rookie year is the biggest year that you see the improvement. So, we'll have to see what happens as far as um, as far as that is as far as that is uh, concerned. But uh, thanks for your call, Mike uh, from Abel. I uh, I appreciate it. I have five minutes left here. Nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. That's nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. Uh, so most likely, just you know, looking ahead, uh, speaking hypothetically, where we will start next Tuesday, I believe, is we'll be able to be looking ahead to a game one for the Celtics versus the Bucks, and a game one uh, for the Bruins, and the Bruins are most they're most likely gonna play the Panthers, I think, 
unless they catch the Lightning and then they play the Maple Leafs. So that that might be interesting. That whole thing, if if the Bruins catch the Lightning again, they're three points back, so it's it's close. Uh, again, you know the the NHL is all about a point system. So if the uh, Lightning are at one hundred six, the Bruins are at one hundred three. If they're able to somehow catch them, I think um, I think it's definitely I think it's definitely possible. So we'll have to see what happens as far as that is concerned. Definitely going to be an interesting end to the season. And um, you know, last week of the season uh, coming up right here. And then I think you know the NBA. I I wouldn't really say that. You know, I think that. You know that as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned, the Philly uh, Toronto series is the most interesting series. You know, three two. So I think Milwaukee wins the next game, wins in five. The Heat. I, I'll say this: the Heat series has the possibility of getting interesting, uh, just because of uh, Miami Heat's uh, injuries uh, per se. So. That could really stir. That could really stir things up and make the, um, the conference, um, not the conference finals, but the Eastern Conference Finals, um, very interesting, very interesting. Uh, and then as far as, but you know, I, I'd really say the games to try and watch and pay attention to uh, are are probably on the uh, the Western Conference side of things. Definitely do the Western Conference. I mean, you look at it and you have. Uh, the Suns and the Pelicans, they're tied up at 2-2. Dallas leaves U- leads Utah 3-2. That's a close one. And then Memphis, Minnesota, that's tied at 2. I mean, the only one that's kind of lopsided. Well, you know, you have the biggest lopsided is, is Golden State and Denver, right? And then, uh, and then you have, you know, Dallas and Utah. But it's close. The Western Conference is going to be an exciting uh, finish, I think, here in, in the first round of the playoffs. And and that should be fun to watch, but again, like I've said, I don't think it's gonna anything's gonna come out of the uh, the Eastern Conference. Uh, so, anyways, that's gonna do it for me today here on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. As always, if you have a take or comment, you can always call in nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. That's nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. For day-to-day hourly updates, you can follow me on Twitter, HarrisonChase5. That's HarrisonChase5 on Twitter. Thank you to everybody that called in today and everybody that listened uh, today. This show would not be what it is week in and week out with all the support I get from all of you. So thank you for that. Have a great week. I hope you have those brooms out because the Celtics swept the nets. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. You've been listening to The Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, only on MCS, Methuen Community Studios.